You're listening to Virgin Control, Pound and Grain's digital news show. When was the last time you watched a movie trailer or a preview for a TV show? I bet it was on a computer, phone, or tablet. That's right. We're living in an age where entertainment marketing has gone beyond billboards and network TV commercial breaks. Entertainment marketing is massive. According to Finance Buzz, Star Wars The Force Awakens cost roughly $200 million to make. Disney then spent an additional $223 million to market the film. That's $223 million to get people excited to buy a ticket to watch the movie. The campaign for the film touched every medium, but it made a significant push online. This trend of focusing on an online audience is picking up some major steam. In a world of cord-cutting binge-watchers and short attention spans, how does an audience know what to watch? And how do studios create effective digital campaigns that can communicate the right message to the right people? Today we're talking about how digital, for better or worse, has disrupted entertainment marketing. I'll start with the good. Digital marketing is fun for audiences. It's given people access to the entertainment business in a way that was only dreamed of before. One of the first recognizably successful movie marketing digital campaigns was for Steven Spielberg's Artificial Intelligence in 2001. Amblin Entertainment created a website for the film that allowed people to interact with a real artificial intelligence chatbot. All as part of the movie. At the time, it was brilliant. It captured the essence of the film. It contained a cool factor high enough that you'd want to share your experience, and it was accessible from almost everywhere. It checked all the boxes. Later on, we saw audiences get involved online with entertainment properties like The Matrix, Hunger Games, and recently, Game of Thrones released a Facebook Messenger chatbot that provides hilariously snarky answers to questions about the show. When done right, entertainment properties can get a lot out of digital marketing. But it's not all gravy. With things like spoilers, teaser trailers, trailers that give away the entire plot, and campaigns that don't hit the right note, entertainment properties need to get smart. One example that comes to mind is the How Does Superman Shave campaign that came ahead of the Man of Steel movie a few years ago. It was forced, awkward, and just plain weird. Unfortunately, the movie's brand partner Gillette didn't learn their lesson, and last year, we saw them force-feed shaving into a Rogue One Twitter campaign. Fandom is a tricky thing. On one hand, you want to embrace devotion and bring fans into a unique experience. But in a world driven by social media, it's a delicate tightrope act where an audience can turn on you at any moment. Having a smart digital marketing plan for an entertainment property starts with understanding who the fans are and what they're looking for. Thankfully, having a platform like digital allows for endless possibilities. Version Control presents Entertainment Marketing Goes Digital. And we're back. Version control. Guys, are we pumped? Super pumped. Heck yeah. Pumped. Mark and I are pumped to be back here. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're yeah we, well, let me uh, let me introduce everyone. But yeah, you guys were noticeably absent in the last episode. It was quiet. But I think we handled it without you. But uh, to my right, not that you can see this, is Scott Lou. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Beside him... <laughs> is our senior designer, Mark. Howdy. Hi. <laughs> He's a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> and always still um, uh, putting up with our 
recording nonsense is the one, the only Nick Kewen. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. Thank you. Good. Jackson. And who are you? I'm Jackson Murphy. I uh, am, uh, what am I? You're, you're the boss. <laughs> that sounds so <laughs> The lord and emperor. <laughs> no, 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 just a guy. The last time you guys weren't here, it devolved into a, a bunch of movie talk of Top Guns and Iron Eagles, and that kind of prompted us to maybe actually leverage our passion for film, TV, and entertainment, and maybe talk about digital marketing. You had a thought-provoking little starter that you tried to do before we started recording. What was that? Oh, I was gonna—I was asking Mark if he'd a- ever accidentally clicked on something online and like went through a process and didn't know that it was a movie promotion. I had it like two weeks ago, but it was just because it was on a website um, inspiration page. But did you know it? Like when you saw that? You're like, no, That's I had no idea. I had no idea. Well, I thought it was interesting, but I had no idea it was a movie. What was it? It was just like a horror movie with. Um, the Affleck brother, the younger one, Casey. <laughs> right. Yeah. The Manchester one. No, it was a different one. Well, yeah, him. The Manchester brother. Him, yeah, yeah. but it's some ghost movie. You mean and like they made... Academy Award winner Casey Affleck? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he had that too. Yeah. I think, mean, he's, like... I think he's done some bad things. Yeah. Too. Misogynist? <laughs> yeah, he might not be the greatest <laughs> person in the Misogynist, world. Casey Affleck. That's too bad, because he's a great actor. Yeah. I hate when you hear things like that. Yeah, he's, he seems cool via the like, Academy The Academy Awards seem to like give, give all of that a pass and just hand it over the hardware. So He had a great mustache in Ocean's 12. Yeah, I mean, does, is that that's all that really counts, right? Yeah, a and great also mustache. Like, yeah, mustache. Yeah, that's male. only because Mark has a mustache. <laughs> well, also, uh, you know, Woody Allen just exists, so everyone's like, mm. <laughs> yeah, Black's not that bad. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah, he still gets to make a movie a year. Uh, yeah. It was just like a a really creepy, um, like ghost story website, and I had no idea it was for a movie or that he was even in it until I was about like probably five minutes into on being on the page. Did you feel duped at all? Or were you like, this is interesting. Yeah, now, no. Now I want to watch this. I felt a bit duped because, I mean, I'm probably not going to end up watching that movie anyways, and that was the end result was to, hey, go watch this movie and probably won't do it. Okay. But does it matter that you were duped? No, not at all, because I'm sure a lot of people weren't duped. And also... They only need to have, like, a certain conversion rate yeah, of, exactly. of duping you to yeah. convert to go see the totally. movie. Yeah. Yeah. The, the dupe is the hook. That's the whole yeah. point. It's hard to convert me. <laughs> Stubborn. So, sorry, sorry so Casey. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a mustache. The, the best slash worst dupe that I remember hearing about was uh, from Her. Remember that movie? Yeah. yeah. Great movie. Yeah, and there was a, a Tinder profile made. They do that a lot now. That yeah, but that was the first one, and it was happening around I think like the Austin, uh, South by Southwest, South by Southwest, yeah. And uh, yeah, so a lot of people were like, you know, swiping right, and then actually having conversations with this supposed woman, and then it would get to a point where she would be like, "Come see the movie that I'm in." I'm just a bot. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but they announced that though, right? Like the profile probably looks different and has the advertisement. Honestly, I think at the time, no. So, this, so I think there was a, a bit of one. like backlash about it, okay. but also, uh, you know, lauded some people lauding it for how genius it was. Right. It was like very effective, but also slightly twisted and right. evil. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Still think it's kind of cool though. Totally. I also yeah. don't think you can get away with it. You know, like you said, it happens all the time now. Yeah. yeah. I'd be afraid someone would like fall in love with that person too. I, I think someone thought they were dating <laughs> Katy Perry for like seven years via the internet. 
I remember hearing. I heard that was me. (laughs) (laughs) I was hooked at fireworks. <laughs> but I mean, that was like, uh, like I think the, the lesson out of that one with the her one in particular was like, that makes perfect sense because if you've seen her or you know what it is, it's literally about like a bot. Yeah. Um, and it kind of gets people to interact with it. Like, I think it's for, for entertainment purposes, I think it's cool when they do that um, using sort of digital tech. But when it, they're using something that's completely has nothing to do with anything, like the Rogue One Gillette Razor. Style things like that one's been a like a a problem in our you know uh, like uh, in our sides for a while. Yeah, just I like just these don't like get it. Razor movie um, <laughs> yeah. kind of like crossovers just like does not because they had like a whole like backstory. Yeah, like for Rogue One of like the guys battling on the planet and like what they clearly didn't shave like <laughs> yeah, but like I'm, what in the alternate reality of like the Star Wars universe are like. Is, are the rebels really shaving? Like, I, give me a break. I, I don't know if I take as so much offense weird. as you guys to that one because not every product can be native to the world that it's promoting necessarily. I mean, like, there's probably like Star Wars Rogue One Doritos bags as well. But I'm in for that. Yeah, of course. Who's not? <laughs> but I don't know if Doritos were in, you know, onto Tumi or whatever. I'm not saying it's <laughs> like throw out a planet. Was <laughs> that, that a real Star Wars? Was that, I don't know. Was it? Yeah, I don't know. Tatooine. 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 Yeah. <laughs> what did you got there? Tatooine. Tatooine. I mean, like it just opened. There's so much in the Star Wars universe that, like, what's happening on all those other planets? Maybe they are shaving. Like, maybe it does make sense. Some of them probably with Gillettes, though. I don't know. Do they at least make like the razor look like R2D2 or something? Yeah, laser just like. Yeah, I think at some point they had like a color scheme or something like that. But are like, there any my, like rad resorts in the Star Wars galaxy, or is it just all like yeah, either depressed like desert planets or a, like lush planet Ewok in, um, planets? Yeah, I'm gonna go, planets, I'm gonna go really planets. hardcore on you, but in in the non-canonical ones where um, where Hayden, Hayden Christensen is dating Natalie Portman, he takes her to one of those planets. Yeah. And he rides like the Bugalo thing there, and it has a lot of backlash from fans that that scene even exists. Why? Wait, uh, it was in. It was in like the second one. So it was in Attack of the Clones. This is like. And they're at like. They're, they're at like a resort. They're at like an all inclusive. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much a resort. Yeah. Getting wasted. Padme yeah. <laughs> is just like just crushing margaritas yeah. at the slush machine. I, that might have been in like the deleted scenes. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, he totally takes her to like a resort planet. I don't like how the the fans couldn't handle the the realness. To that point, Nick, you're so clever just to spur us on. Like in these big franchises, like the fans start to like take over and like everything is about them. And I can see why then like the studios or like the Hollywood execs Mm -hmm. don't want to put any money up for anything new or original because they have this bankable set of... um, you know, worlds they can play with. And right. just as we talked about the margar- endless margaritas on uh, that planet in um, the Star Wars, <laughs> uh, there's just so much room you can do. And the fans get excited one way or the other mm-hmm. till you can whip them up into a frenzy and they'll still see it and you'll still make $750 million to a billion dollars at the box office. Mm-hmm. And 
you'll sell a bunch of toys based on that and then there'll be like a novelization of it and there'll be a cottage industry of nerd podcasts like <laughs> just every, I, I i would love to see the infographic that like plots the the like wider uh economy of a star wars release down to joe podcaster who like has like the Schick Razor ad on it that he gets a little cut of the action, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it it becomes like beyond comprehension of marketing. So, so like, like a single movie is a whole industry? Yeah. I mean like that's why they're you know fewer and far between of like original stories. I mean we were joking earlier, I crushed Nick uh, while we were recording another part of the Yeah, podcast. but then built me back up. I did. Well, because I, I just watched the Jumanji trailer. Ugh. Sorry. That's what Nick said. But I was just like, it's got The Rock. How? There's nothing wrong. Making movies great again is what Rock's role is. He's, <laughs> he is like a muscle-bound Tom Cruise, bound to like make everything awesome. So I doubled up my ugh. My only, yeah, I mean, my <laughs> only gripe with the Jumanji trailer is then why call it Jumanji at this point? Why That's not, why not just call it Video Game with Rock? Totally. The, I guess the, the brand equity is where we got to. Yeah. And like I said, it, it is sort of like ripe nostalgic territory, I think. Uh, it's like the movie's probably 20 years old now. Time to, you know. I mean, again, what I, the reason that I said that I was a little upset about it straight away was because that is a childhood movie for me. I mean, don't mess with it. Don't but bring let, it down. I mean, but let's, let's like, I'm sure they're, they're currently working on, if they haven't already launched it, like some sort of digital campaign where they're trying to tap right into that nostalgia. Definitely. They're, they're, there's going to be some sort of, like, microsite or a banner that looks like the Jumanji board or whatever like that. So, like, that's kind of, I feel like they're, like, chomping at the bit to do that kind of stuff with this particular franchise. Yeah. But at the same time, I, like, I think that's another point of this, too, is, like, when does the, the marketing experience eclipse the quality of the movie and I'm jumping to the conclusion here I know that it's going to suck <laughs> spoiler alert but, um, but like there I mean there's I, there's Mark, lots Mark's of, all in on yeah it. anything <laughs> the rock does I'm good with it but there's campaigns out there that are really really good and then there's the movie itself just isn't great I mean honestly for me one of the biggest letdowns was Cloverfield I loved I, I like I loved kind of like the whole mm. lead up to that film and like mm. figuring out what that monster was and going through all the microsites wait there was a monster <laughs> yeah oh. that they made a whole bunch of like fake websites and like this whole underlying narrative of like uh like this slusho company and stuff like that and then then I watched it and I was like it just didn't live up to that expectation that I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. so I think there's like a if there's a like other examples of that like we should talk about that it feels like it's a hot topic Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a hot topic. Those like big elaborate worlds just seem like they're f- they don't do the, uh, for the marketing campaigns. Like they don't seem like they happen very often anymore. Even for Star Wars, it's like, true. They, yeah. they don't bother with like they spend so much time doing twelve different versions of the trailer and making each launch a event. Yeah, it makes sense for them. But like for a new movie that has no background story, people don't know. So that's the whole reason for a reboot then, right? It's laziness. I guess, but I, I mean, how do you inspire, outside, for a movie, how do you inspire fans to get excited when they, it's brand new? I, I mean, like, Mark, like, create a good experience, draw yeah. them in with a particular subject matter, and then be like, ta-da, Casey Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, yeah. Right, like, I feel like that even though you're not going to go watch it, I feel like it was an effective tactic because you yeah. went all the way through. So I like campaigns like that. Yeah. Um, 
where I'm getting I'm getting a little fatigued with like you were saying like the tra- the teaser trailer for the trailer that will be released in three weeks and then that trailer is four minute long four minutes long and gives away the entire plot of the movie totally my favorite is the red band trailers like <laughs> the like dirty double secret naughty trailer that has the swear words in it and you're just like oh my god yeah red band trailer ah, I'm in <laughs> yeah. but just like uh, did that really happen like did I really get excited about watching something that has four extra seconds yeah it's shocking isn't it god yeah. we're because well, I think it's a real taste of what the movie's actually going to be right true it's not giving anything away but it's like it's giving a preview to what yeah be, like you can expect now he, m- another question from, from me I ask a lot of questions uh Outside of the, when you don't want to see the trailer sliced and diced so that it feels like you've seen the whole movie before you've even gone to the movie, and then you're upset because the movie isn't like the trailer. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you watch the trailer and you're pumped for it, and then you go see the movie, and it's it's like a slow version of the trailer with scenes that you don't care about and people you don't care about. What what are some of the things that, what, what, what kind of content is what resonates, what, what, what resonates for you guys about, like, what do you want to see, like, behind, I behind the scenes. I know Scott loves the behind the scenes Mr. DVD over here. <laughs> Honestly, I, I know what stands out in my mind. It's kind of what you were already saying, Scott. There, Whatever the hook was with that one, it was Casey Affleck. And for me, it's when uh, a director or an actor, I guess, is, is the brand. So it's like like the new Blade Runner, a whole new generation of people will be coming to it because they want to see the new Ryan Gosling movie mm-hmm. or the new Denis Villeneuve movie. And it doesn't really matter that it was Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, the hook for me is like someone that's gotten to that point that they're they're the reason that I'm going to see it. It's unless unless it's The Rock. <laughs> well, he's <laughs> a brand in its own right. He's yeah. just one that I don't really <laughs> right. care about. Right. He is going to find you and just rock bottom after <laughs> this podcast. I, I admit that he could. <laughs> it would be awesome if there was just like a smash through our table right now. Just because he can beat me up doesn't mean I have to like him. <laughs> flashbacks. Flashbacks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stupid eyebrow. <laughs> that was the people's eyebrow, my friend. Don't mock it. But I, I kind of like the the experiences where like they they tease you with some information and then you and then you delve a little bit deeper. Like you, I think you mentioned Lost earlier, right? Like Lost. Well, I, technically, I'm going to mention it later sorry, in the chronology of the podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert, people! I'm going to talk about Lost at the end of this, but. That's another one where it was like the experience of like going online and like really delving deep and 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 really losing your own plot in what you were looking for. But does that ruin it for you? It what it did was it ruined the show for me because again it set the expectation that was like oh I read all this information right and I've I've got all this knowledge of things that they're never going to address on the show right mm-hmm. and like I think it like as, as like a viewer slash fan I need to know that that's never going to be addressed but it is kind of still a fun thing I find right um, and I haven't I haven't done anything like that in a while since yeah since like the last I guess it would have been like the last JJ Abrams thing that he did for Cloverfield yeah I mean I guess that's why I. I don't know if we've talked about this on previous casts, but my favorite uh, content from a TV perspective is trash reality TV, like the Vanderpump Rules, Southern Charm, uh, that 
kind of thing. Uh, completely <laughs> it, obsessed. For, for our listeners that don't know what that is, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> slash me. This is going right over my head. <laughs> well, Vanderpump Rules, it was a spinoff from Real Housewives, um, like one of the Real Housewives, and she owns some like uh, seemingly popular restaurants in LA and then it's the story of like her being kind of like you know in it for like five minutes offering some like you know truth bombs and like cold hearted mentorship to a bunch of degenerate waiters and bartenders who are like clearly like in their early 30s and should not be like still bartending one day a week but they are for the sake of the show and like there's this reality like bridge where their social profiles are real. They are real people. So they don't do any extra like marketing. It's, it's more like in between seasons, like they're living on and like they, you know, when they're filming, they actually are waiting tables or bartending when they're not filming, they're not there. So like, it's this weird kind of like fake news reality, I guess maybe. Do you, do you watch and follow big brother at all though? Yes. So do you take part online? Because I know that they have like a integration where you can like tweet who gets to stay and and stuff like that. You can like vote on some stuff. I I never do that. Why not? It's, it just seems not, yeah, I, I don't need to do that. Yeah, I yeah. think you're shutting off your brain at that point when you're watching yeah, it too, like, right? Like, you're not, you don't want to put effort into this. It is yeah. the ding-dong of, of TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't no, want to think sorry. about it and vote. I'm just wondering, like, yeah. so, but it is, it is, and I'm just guessing here, but I'm assuming it's quite successful, right? Because they do it every season where yeah. they've got, like, an online component where people are, like, yeah, yeah. tweeting and voting and stuff like that. So it is a bit of a meld between... Yeah, but I guess that's not as interesting as, like... Like instead of there's the people that watch the the live feeds, the feedsters. Um, there's the, a name for them. Name for them. So like with Big Brother, this is for Nick and anyone who hasn't watched Big Brother. But like they have the three the three episodes a week, like that are all packaged up, like edited. There's a bit of a live component where they vote people out. So there's like kind of here's some scenes, and then here's the part where they do the voting, which is actually live and tied to the show. But they're running cameras 24 hours a day, and then you can pay uh, CBS or whatever it is in Canada a fee to watch the live feeds. So there are people that like spend the 90 or 98 days all summer watching them 24 hours a day and then blogging about it and tweeting about it. So the show on Wednesday is already like content that's three days old on the feed. So you can like go on Twitter and know what's happening right now. So you can already be ahead. And that I find more pleasing or more um, entertaining than voting on who stays or goes. Cause it's not as, as interesting as just being swept up in the so-and-so and so-and-so were making out last night. <laughs> right. Like, can you believe it? Like, Oh my God, they were. Yeah. And then you get stoked to see <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Totally stoked. Yeah. But that's just me. Yeah. I mean, by saying that that's just me, I mean, what keeps, like, coming up in my head when I, when we're having this conversation is that... It, that we're freaks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. What's just, like, the movies and television or entertainment is just so subjective that how do you market for it? Do you know what I mean? Like, you have people like us who want to dig deep for some reason. Mm-hmm. Can't help inexplicably. it. Inexplicably. Yeah. And then, like, part of what we're so uh, interested in is some sort of mystery. Like, if we've gotten to a... We've, we've hit a roadblock. I'm like, well, I need to know why that choice was made in that movie you know why did they why did they wear those costumes at that point or something like that most people don't give a about anything like that 
Oh, I like it. I like the swear word. Ooh, dropping back the swears. <laughs> most, most people don't care about anything. Like that. There should be more bleeps in the version control. You know, should bleep things. Yeah. It's, it's family. Well, I think we usually edit it out because we're family friendly here at Pounding Rain. But yeah. we should just like bleep it and it would seem like that we are edgy. You should just bleep randomly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Even if we don't yeah. drop a swear. As for, see how that just, works. Just bleep the word. From here on out. <laughs> Circling back to the mystery thing. It's like, have you ever have you ever looked at something where like things are blocked out of it and you're just yeah. like, it's making me insane. I want to know. Like what FBI I mean. documents yeah, or whatever. Yeah. 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 Redacted. Redacted yeah. documents, yeah. <laughs> but you so know cool. You ever, but if you know if you watch the movie, like that's gonna go away. Like you're gonna know the answer to that, right? Well, no. If eventually you see I'm saying it. like I've watched the movie and I still need to know why. Okay. Like Am I the like only a, one that reads okay. like movie reviews after the movie, but oh, not no. before? I do. I, only I find read that them more after. interesting too, because like the reviews paint a picture for you. But afterwards, if you read a couple of them, they can help confirm or um, augment your kind of. Oh, well, before opinion, I just or yeah. understanding if you, I I didn't understand it. Yeah, yeah. or if you've missed yeah. something, like it's like if the <laughs> or, second, I, or I fell asleep in it. Like the second time you watch a movie, you always see something you missed too, right? So it's yeah. kind of the same same idea there. Yeah, yeah. totally. But beforehand, I just look at like the the stars and or like the byline. Yeah. Like, or you was, wait for somebody to tell you to watch it. Yeah, word of mouth. Yeah, that's or just, the biggest. If I look, if the percentage is high enough, it's a it's a sure bet. You I know, think like just back to your point though, Nick. I think there is such a diversity of content, and then people have their own unique opinions. But that's why there is so many shows, and people want to. When they're interested in it, they want to go deep on something. Like if their game is, I think for game the most Thrones. part, but I still think there's a lot of people who are just like terrified of of spoilers, right? So they just oh, like yeah. they but want it, a two second clip and then they're use, good for three months until they watch the movie. Let me phrase it for a different, a, just completely different, but also in the same realm. What if it was an album that was dropping? And it was from a band that you really like. See, I'm the same way. Like I like I don't I won't watch trailers for a yeah. long period of time. That Game of Thrones trailer that they did, where I don't even watch the show, but the one where they did the spinning uh, dragon, the gold dragon, it was like a fifteen second clip. Oh yeah, that yeah, got yeah. me more hyped than like watching any sort mm. of any sort of trailer. But yeah, like with an album, definitely do not want to hear any sort of preview. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. releasing singles in advance is always a problem. But like, if it's like a even when you're amped for that Katy Perry <laughs> drop. I try to I do anything I can to like I block my ears when I go to department stores. <laughs> so I don't want, just in case. Uh, I was gonna I was gonna say something just around. There's the opposite can also be true. I think Scott and I both saw it. This is like old news, but first time on the pod. Um, I got dragged to see. God, I hope Jose never listens. <laughs> I got dragged to see that Lancelot. What is that Lancelot movie? What was that? One? Oh, King Arthur. King Arthur. <laughs> King Arthur movie, so I had Lancelot featuring King. So Arthur. I say like because it was like the third choice of like if we can't see this, we'll see this, and if we can't see that, we'll see this. So it was like not even a choice for me. It was like uh, well, we can see this. That is the so worst. I had hadn't seen tra- a trailer. I hadn't seen. I had no idea Guy Ritchie directed it, and then like it exceeded any lowered expectations I had because I was like, this is a Guy Ritchie film? What the, what's going on here? Like, his name came up and I was like, this is insanity. Yeah, like, it, was, it was like weird, yeah. but I enjoyed it. Like, yeah. I, not a huge I also draw had zero anymore, expectations. Though. Clearly not, because like, I, I A, didn't think any <laughs> that movie existed and then B, but like, they had big plans for it to be like, a huge franchise. Like, they were going to make six King Arthur movies. Mm. 
that was their plan, but I don't. Th- How I big think is this table. Well, b- <laughs> <laughs> well, because the um, what was his last friend? The Sherlock Holmes stuff. Was yeah, that, they got two him? out of that one. Though. Yeah, but like, those were massive hits. Yeah, like, were they massive hits? Box office. Box I think they made office. a lot of money. Yeah. I think those made more money than his other, like, I mean, what I would consider his good ones. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But those are like. What was the one with him and Madonna? Him yeah. And Madonna. Didn't, didn't he direct a Madonna? He did, yeah, yeah. 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 That was, it was like her in an island or something. Yeah. He, th- he was the director, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. They were yeah. married at the time. Yes. Oh, Cute. That's awkward. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> so we haven't, we haven't really found the, the, the silver bullet of like what drives people. No, on, and on also actually to circle back to the end of my point is that we have a hard time sort of understanding that a lot of people don't care about any of that. <laughs> so, you know, so the marketing for them, for the majority of people, is just getting them in the seat, uh, and it doesn't. They're not going to read the Wikipedia page. They're not going to look at reviews. It just needs to be a bunch of flashy stuff happening. I think to get them there. Gosling picture. Yeah, Gosling the Gosling picture. picture. Honestly, yeah, the done. <laughs> yeah. Blade Runner will take in a whole new swath of people that have never seen the original, don't care about it, don't care about you know Ridley Scott. But that's me. Like that's a, that's I'm 100 percent going to do that. You're going to be there I've just not for the, seen the original, and I really like Ryan Gosling. I'm definitely going to see it. <laughs> it's good. Fair, it's a different, you know, a different yeah, kind of consumer. Yeah. Totally. which is good. There's something for everyone. Yeah, that's the challenge for marketers. Right. Like, how do you tap into that? But with digital marketing, you can find the the small niche audience and connect the dots between them and your movie. That doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean it's going to become a blockbuster, mm-hmm. but yeah. at least you can. If in your Facebook profile you are 26 year old male loves Ryan Gosling, <laughs> <laughs> hetero crush, must, on the goss. mustaches, and sci-fi, then those five guys are going to be pumped when they get that, that ad yeah. dropped in their feed. Digital Picks. <laughs> Best part of every podcast is us sharing... Some nuggets from the digital world, and we're going to do that. Some digi nugs. Digi, digi nugs. I like <laughs> digi nugs. Maybe we should. We, we should, should just call them yeah. digi nugs. Digi nugs. <laughs> Who wants to start? I can start. Do it. Yours um, is the yours is tasty. I got a sneak peek. Yeah, um, I think you showed everybody. <laughs> now everybody's real excited. Um, but did you guys know that July is National Hot Dog Month? Yes! Uh, I want one right now. That's the best month. It is. Who, who, who makes that proclamation? Though? I may have just done that right now. Yeah. <laughs> I have not had one in July yet, even though we've passed Canada Day and Independence Day. You fool. Hot dogs are so good. <laughs> is this like a worldwide thing? Or I, is well, this like a North just American in Scott's thing? Head. <laughs> as, is this a Scott thing? As I was researching digital pics, I did stumble upon um, a... Happy National Hot Dog Month um, post, and it linked me to Oscar Meyer has now released what is called the Wiener Fleet. So I'm 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 assuming everybody here knows that Oscar Meyer hot dogs has the the hot dog mobile. They've had it since the beginning. It was a drivable hot dog. Yeah, um, classic marketing stunt. Perfect. It classic was, it was a hot dog. It was yeah. a car shaped like a hot dog. Yeah. Um, they have since expanded this fleet to 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 call call it the Wiener Fleet, and it includes a mini hot dog. So it's they've turned like a mini into a hot dog. Um, they've got a remote control hot dog. So it's like a 
it's like a high powered like off roading remote control hot dog that delivers hot dogs. That one's got flames on it too. Yeah, and it has flames, and it does. If jumps. that drove into our office right now, life like I would just be like, that's this is the greatest. Day this ever. is it. Yeah. I can yeah. die happy. That one, <laughs> that one definitely has like a, uh, a wiener cannon on it. You know, that just like blasts them into. Your I, I actually think it's a face. it's like a heater cooler, so you can open up the top and it's got hot, like steaming hot dogs in there for you to eat. It's just a delivery mechanism. <laughs> I love okay. it. There's also the wiener cycle. Where the sidecar is is exactly that. It's like that cooler that's just got the hot dogs going. But then the coolest part, like is the classic like like hot dog day at school kind of cooler, where they're all like wrapped up. Did yep. you guys have? Is this dating me? No, I had those hot dog days. Like in that, I don't think hot dog day is gone yet. No, is it? I'm pretty yeah. sure that's still. It there. is Thank the God. best. But like, no, is it is it probably, probably like all weird? Now. Yeah, it's no. probably all yeah. yeah like now, do they have to have like like oh I only have gluten free hot dogs. I only have I only have a fish dog. I only have a oh my god. <laughs> Remember the days when you could bring a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to school? You can't do that anymore. No, you just throwing one onto that like a playground would be like a live grenade. <laughs> <laughs> like five kids would die instantly. Do you think kids do that? Like they just bring peanuts and like once when that kid who's allergic to peanut gets really mad, they just throw peanuts at them. <laughs> totally, the kids are the best. <laughs> uh, Back to Oscar Mayer. But the, yeah. yeah, the final member of the Wiener fleet is definitely the Wiener drone. And it is so a, good. Yeah, it is a <laughs> pilotable drone that drops hot dogs wherever you need them to be delivered. Does it? My mouth. I have so many yeah. questions. <laughs> where, where else? Wait a, wait a second. That sounded weird. <laughs> but yeah, like it just looks so cool. It does. Yeah. Do they come with the bun or without the bun? They come with the bun. Yeah. Okay. So it's a fully, especially How like you, they... you can definitely see it on like the off-roading remote control guy because they literally like they can lift off the top and it's got like the buns on one side and the wieners on the other. So the drone one, how do they ensure that the, the wiener stays in the bun as it falls through the sky? So I think they have to, the probable, and this is just me assuming here I'll have to contact my my, my guy at Oscar Mayer <laughs> to confirm this but I'm One assuming the they yeah, I'm assuming they pre-wrap them in foil it doesn't look in the video or the the, the little thing it doesn't tell you about the condiments like, no I feel like Oscar Mayer doesn't doesn't matter for them They're I think like, it would be pretty awesome if if it dropped off the 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 wiener and bun for you and then it took like kind of like a secondary pass, like a strafing run. Like I think, like it drops off the dog, Great word, and then it takes like a pass back up, and then comes back hot and just blast ketchup and mustard, whatever you've asked for, <laughs> just from about like head. yeah, and it just like does like a targeted like military strike on your dog with like whatever condiment you've kind of pre-ordered, and it just like it just takes it to a whole other level. Well, I've got like, yeah. My my theory is that like the hot dog technology has far surpassed the condiment technology and my anecdotal story about this is when we were at the 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 nat at the canadians game oh, yeah and i bought the yard dog for sandy shout out to sandy shout out to sandy and his um, it was obscenely large yard dog <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> impossible to get condiments on that on that yard dog as like a it, it was a two-man job like at you, least a two-man job you needed like yeah you're right it was a three-man job you needed two people to hold it and one person to 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 squirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of weird terms involving the it hot dog is. industry. Well, I think it the really problem with that is, is like, you, you kind of need to bring the condiments to it, kind of like the drone, because, like, you don't you don't want to be, like, connected. You want to have, like, like, a little gun of condiments that you yeah. can just blast it with. Yeah. 
like the sealant gun yeah. that you that you use in the tub, right? But do you think like that's the future of like uh, like a sporting event where you're like at your seat, you plop a little like boop 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 on your phone, and then the the Oscar Meyer uh, drone drops it off for you, and then does a secondary run and just blasts you with ketchup and mustard. I, I hope think not. It could. <laughs> That'd be I, so cool. No, well, of course I'm always like. Uh, Doomsayer skeptic. But. <laughs> That's why we keep inviting you back. <laughs> we all have a role to play. <laughs> I, I just don't want drones buzzing around me all the time. You know, like especially in, when I'm stuck in a seat surrounded by a lot of other people. But hot dogs. But then you don't have to get up. Like Everyone they just bring the hot dogs, you. Mark. I just don't want the drones. <laughs> Dropping on me, but I think that's why the fleet works, right? Because if it's not a drone, what if it was like a a a guy in a mini just drove by and handed it to you? A little hard in the stadium, I would think. True. Yeah, and expensive. (laughs) Probably like a spare twenty dollar hot dog. Yeah, (laughs) you could have had analog versions of that like forever. They could just went on cables and just like shot them down to you. Hot dog tech, man. Uh, That I mean. Spoiler alert, we're, we have a Pizza Tech article coming, <laughs> dropping soon. Yeah. Um, but Hot Dog Tech should be our next frontier, I'm obviously. I'm on it. Yeah, that's a good one. My hot dog has a first name. It's O-S-C-A-R. My hot dog has a second name. It's M-A-Y-E-R. Good, good picks, I think. Yeah, good pick. I'll go next. Whoa, volunteer. So Elon Musk is at it again with his old uh, Twitter rants that he goes on here. But uh, someone challenged him to... A duel. A duel. That would be amazing. Um, but yeah, so he took the challenge. It's a 100 megawatt battery built in 100 days in Australia that can power... It's got to be 100-something. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's actually it's 30,000 homes. So Are those not like 100, 100 remote homes? controls? Yeah. No, it should be 100,000 actually, <laughs> yeah. but no, no, it's not. It's weak. Just, it's just thirty thousand, but still pretty cool that like. So is he just field? Is he just fielding like you just challenge him on Twitter and he's like, I'm on it. I think if you get him riled up enough, he'll do anything. Why doesn't somebody challenge him to cure cancer yet? Like we should do that. That should be right. that should be a thing that we do. He'd probably be like, I did it. Oh, <laughs> I'm just trying. To mon- I'm trying to monetize it. <laughs> yeah. No, but he even gave gave himself like the time limit. After t- after hundred days, he would give it to Australia for free. So that's pretty impressive i think they're probably about 10 days deep right now i don't know if they're on track i hope they are for elon musk's sake mm-hmm. but yeah if he fails like he must get really mad i don't know if he has yet though well those he couldn't land those spaceships for a while like that was a bit of right. a disaster right for and some of the teslas kind of blow up right. sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> and that one guy died in that in the tesla that one time Ugh, that wasn't too hot Awkward. It is awkward. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> to that guy. <laughs> Hope you got something cheerful, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, actually, it's sort of appropriate to the conversation because mine is about Spotify announcing a driving edition. So you don't have to ever look down. It's all voice controlled, basically. Mm, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that no, the only reason cool. <laughs> that I bring it up is because I've been doing a lot of driving lately and. I am a Spotify fan. Uh, well, mainly I subscribe to it. Goes through my phone, and I have it, you know, on the little like Uber stand. Yeah. But even still, Your docking station. On the docking station, I spend, admittedly, more time than I should messing with it mm-hmm. on my phone. 
and especially driving around downtown Toronto, there's, there are pedestrians and cyclists everywhere, and uh, my eyes should be on the road, and show, so should everyone else's. So, Spotify, good job. Have you used it? <laughs> That's the best digital pictures to Spotify generally thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> so is it, great. Is it like a feature in the app or is it like uh It's in the beta phase. There are rumors about it. Uh no interface uh, will enable driving mode, not out yet, it's in a test phase. I think that's good because that most good. like most people don't at least I hope not, um, like text or call and drive and stuff now because it's obviously against the law but i feel like listening to music in a car is such like a staple that you can't it's kind of hard to to navigate that right so hard to go back to regular radio yeah it's awful it's it's 90 percent commercials yeah so yeah it's true everyone is just messing with their phones on that I i bet music apps are close to like the first used app in in cars they should be i mean in toronto at least it's a 500 hundred dollar fine to even touch your phone right pick it up and yet you still see people all the time almost openly especially on the highway looking down and you know texting (laughs) right yeah it's scary but it does for some reason seem more socially acceptable to like skip a song than it does to text somebody definitely which isn't right i i fully admitted that i was doing it (laughs) yeah so like what i'm a little bit concerned about then is if it's voice activated right yeah. do you remember like when the clapper when like somebody would be watching tv really loud and an applause would come on and it would just like screw up all the electronics yeah so like what if somebody's lyric in a song is like spotify skip song and that's like the chorus does that just like screw up your next, next club beggar by scott coming out of <laughs> skip yeah. song like, i'm they sure they're pretty smart that. i i we have that alexa at home and like it sits beside our tv and only like maybe like once a week do, do you see it's like light ring go on because something from the audio of the tv is like prompting it to like what's going on Right. Oh, so it wakes up. Yeah, like, and then it's just like, oh, it's not for me. And I'm sure you have to start everything with Alexa. So, like, if someone on the TV show maybe starts by saying Alex, and then it's just like, oh, that wasn't for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And I think, like, with that, like, Spotify would know that it was playing that song anyways. So I don't think it could trigger it. But that doesn't stop someone from, like, screaming, hey, Spotify. Yeah, like if you do, I, play I'm Katy not, Perry. Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not saying this happens a lot. A lot of a lot of the times, you just like drove by somebody on the corner and they just yelled at your car. Yeah, like play this song. Yeah, and it, well, would it I work? like that like voice activated pranks <laughs> yeah. future that we're gonna live yeah. into. As you pull up to the red light and you're just all like. Spotify, play this, and the other guys, and you're like, you peel out, and you're just like, ha ha ha, and it's playing like Tom Cochran, like, like the highway, your breakup song or something. No, maybe eventually it'll recognize your voice. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and then only something you to can consider Spotify, yeah, or Amazon, and then it'll be the only thing in your life that ever does anything that you say, and you'll fall in love with Spotify, and it'll sound like Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're on to Jackson. Yeah, but, like, mine's pretty quick, too. And although Nick said his was quick, but it still dragged on for, like, eight minutes. <laughs> a kid. I would like to ask, wouldn't it be awesome if you had a third thumb? <laughs> Which hand? Whatever hand you want. No. Not in for a third thumb? I'm in for a third anything. Yeah, exactly. Like, more <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So... There was a story on The Verge, we'll link it up in the write-up, but um, it's a bit of wearable tech, sort of like it's not 
it's for people who have all of their fingers, but you could have a third thumb. The idea being that it would just be more efficient. And their like examples were like it's a, it's a 3D printed third thumb that then is controlled via Bluetooth and then kind of works like under your control. So like you have one thumb and you would have another thumb and you could just like imagine you could just like s- squeeze more fruit juice because you've got this like powerful second thumb that just like gives you more squeezing power. Uh, you could carry more stuff with it. Imagine uh, Nick back in our bartending days. If you had a third thumb, you could probably like, you know, carry more drinks. You could serve more uh, beer bottles. What are the your stated th- reasons for wanting this thing? It was like for a, it's not commercial ready yet. It was like for a competition. That's why it has no name. I haven't mentioned a name. It's I mean, more of like a prototype that like a future what if you had a third hitchhiker. That's not a bad idea, but it it, it, yeah. it feels a little creepy because you wear it kind of like, like a little, like on your your hand, and then you have this other thumb that's like doing other stuff. So you could like carry more stuff. Like obviously, God intended us to only have the one thumb on each hand, but. Was that the 2017 what? God? <laughs> <laughs> but maybe um, this presupposes maybe he was wrong, yeah. and maybe we needed another one. Finally, we're better than raccoons. Yeah, <laughs> raccoons. Do they have a, Nick loves third, raccoons? Do they have a third thumb? <laughs> no, they have an opposable digit. Are though. you just trying to bring up raccoons to no, to, no. to, to <laughs> do a cross crossover uh, raccoons <laughs> no stripes uh, podcast? It show wasn't out? even a plug. It's because they have opposable digits. That's why they can get into our green bins. Yeah, we're so gonna we link up soundcloud.com slash raccoon. No stripes. <laughs> <laughs> big big fans here. At big, fans, fans. big fans. We're gonna do a Shut crossover up. episode at one point. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna go go to the Raccoon No Stripes uh, podcast studio. And see what that's all about. Yeah, I it's think it's a, like way more elaborate. Uh, it's a slightly smaller closet. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my pick. I think like the wearable tech space is you know like what could rather than just like fixing problems it's like inventing new things to do with it right that seems weird to me and, it, and it's because i've got three horrible fears like truthfully horrible fears <laughs> one is wigs that are not attached to heads <laughs> two what are you talking about two is people seeing me as as i'm jogging because i'm i swear i make the weirdest face and three is prosthetic limbs that are that are just out there where they're not attached to things. So if it's just like lying around, if it's just like a thumb and, and somebody like left that in my apartment, I would not go in my apartment. I'd be like, pick it up and put it on. Interesting. Because like I can't, I, I, don't, I can't handle it. I don't know. So that's my fear. Interesting. I can't, I can't handle prosthetics without Scott's being attached. deepest, darkest thoughts. This wow. Very specific. I, yeah, I, so I would lives. not go near a hitchhiker. <laughs> Bit of a prosthetic racist. Tomorrow I'm coming in. <laughs> no, I think I'm, I think it's legs. absolutely fine. Like when I see a person with a wig or a person with a prosthetic limb, I think it's great. But when they take it off and they like leave it at my desk or something like that, like I, I just won't go near the desk. <laughs> so I, now I know like what the practical joke is for Scott is to like like have uh, Trump come over to his place, sans wig and a third <laughs> appendage, and that will really freak him and, out. And- And now for Jackson's final thoughts. So when your latest box office release costs you over $200 million to shoot, and you end up paying another nine figures for marketing, what do you post on Facebook or Instagram, and will it make a big difference? 
The answer is undoubtedly. And like anything in the digital world, we've seen ups and downs of what works, what's cool, and what bombs. When loss was at its most hysterical height, there was many a marketing plan based on the idea of increasingly complex transmedia. Worlds based on and around shows or movies. Today's viewers wanted more ways to dive into the action and participate. This might have been savvy digital marketers getting to build 10 websites instead of one. Smart idea. And it certainly meant that you had an impossible array of experiences and journeys that had to all be built around equally confusing narratives of a show like Lost. Polar bears? Smoke monsters? I won't spoil it. And yes, nerd alert, I did eagerly explore the never-ending microsites designed to let you explore the Lost world, even if just for a few more minutes. That meant spending time I'll never get back, bumping from the Oceanic Airlines website to the Dharma Initiative corporate site. I think that is why you rarely see such complexity for most entertainment properties. Only big tent pole franchises, your Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Marvel, DC Comics. You can still pull off these epic alternative reality worlds featuring rich storytelling, but your new show, your unknown story and characters, your independent film, not so much. Today's digital marketing arsenal is just as complex, but decidedly more straightforward. In the same way that Netflix has pioneered the art of testing and understanding what users in each and every country wants to see and what resonates, today's studios can carve out their ideal audiences on social and then match them with the characters, artwork, and content that speaks directly to them. Whether that is simple meme-like riffs on the TV or film content, or some bigger engagement play, in the words of the cornfield in Field of Dreams, if you build it, they will come. Having just binge-watched and become completely obsessed with Netflix, Terrace House, Aloha State, the modern-day Japanese reality show equivalent of Real World, where almost nothing ever happens, I'm completely obsessed. I went deep looking for more content, but it's so real that the characters' own personal social channels are the only outlet. I'm embarrassing myself, but you get the idea. To the audience, content that fills the gaps, provides value, and entertains can come in so many packages. Podcasts, videos, games, long reads, the list goes on and on. Like everything else, you need to constantly feed the beast. Even Star Wars is moving to fill gaps between their films and stage trailer releases and other marketing with digital animated short series like Forces of Destiny. The first of which already has nearly 700,000 views. This type of content is not for your average film goers. You know, on first glance, it seems maybe it's made for kids, but in the Star Wars universe, any part of the storytelling is required viewing. This is pure fandom content and there's 317,000 results in Google News on this topic already. And that's just the start of any good digital strategy, creating content that matters.